Well, Merry Christmas. That's what I wish for you. I wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. That's my wish, but I also know that sometimes my wishes don't come true. I don't think there's anybody who really wants to not be happy in this season, but not all of their wishes come true either. The season that we have just come through, it just officially ends tonight, right? And it's called Advent, and it's the time when we anticipate, when we long for, we place our hope in, we recognize our need for a Savior. We already all know that everything's not all right. We feel it. We, we call the it different things, but the Advent countdown moves us through darkness, moves us through the longing into hope, into peace, into joy, into love, and all the way to Christ himself, all the way to the Savior. But in that season, those wishes for Merry Christmas can sometimes feel like a target that I, I just can't reach. I mean, I can't get quite all the way to Mary. And the goal really isn't to work yourself up into a Clark Griswold-like Mary frenzy that wears off and leaves you kind of feeling empty, shallow, and hollow. I'm trying hard to be Mary, but there are just too many unmarry things going on around me. I wish things were better because if they were, then maybe then I could be Mary. But the message of Christmas is all about in the midst of, in the midst of hard times, in the midst of the season of lost, in the midst of your blue Christmas, in the midst of missing family members and missing lost relationships, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of loneliness and loss, it's never just about joy, not at least by itself, because Christian joy is, is an empowered relational experience in the midst of. And now I'm sure that you have heard it said, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is to sing loud for all to hear. But if the, in that hearing, there echoes for you a hollowness, and it makes you feel like a cotton-headed ninny-muggins, do not fear. We all know that relationships can be tricky. They don't always go forward smoothly, but they are always worth the effort. It reminds me also that all life, every life has value. That's one of God's greatest gift to us, that he gives us inherent value. It is our intrinsic dignity, and each one of us has been made, crafted, designed into the very image of God himself. So often, we judge others, we evaluate other people by their actions, their inactions, and their failures, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Well, I meant well, right? I, I, I planned on doing that. So let's each do each other the kindness of remembering the value inherent in each other and honor the intention that lies beneath. In doing this, we honor the gift of friendship that we are only too willing, too longing, too desperately hoping to unwrap. I was called to lead a, uh, a family funeral last week, and it, it, it was not a shock, but it was, it's always disorienting. 
And I, and I didn't know that my uncle, well, I, I call him my uncle, but he's really uh, a brand of cousin too complex to explain. So uh, I did not know that my uncle cousin, uh, that, his, that his father's name and his grandfather's name were both Ebenezer. And that stands out a little. Uh, it struck me as I was reading through the stuff and preparing for this service that especially in this season, the middle name is just so distinctive. And for us, culturally now, the name Ebenezer has been so tied to the character of, of, of Scrooge. It's so tightly woven there that for many of us, there's no other association. Because of that beloved Christmas carol, most of us have decided that Scrooge is all that it ever meant. It's not just Ebenezer Scrooge and the whole story the association we have is almost exclusively with the first part, the early part, Act 1 of A Christmas Carol, that Charles Dickens story. So we hear the name Ebenezer and conjure the vision of a grumpy, selfish, miserly, old, relationally bankrupt loner. We almost never considered that it is still Ebenezer who has been greatly transformed at the end. But the name means more. It's, it's no accident that that was the character's name. It, it's an ancient name, or it's actually a term, really. And the first reference I know of it comes from an, uh, a historical document that describes a scene in about 1000 BC. And you can read about it in the ancient manuscript that's called 1 Samuel. It's in chapter 7. There, there had just been a giant battle, and instead of the, uh, being overwhelmed, the smaller force ended up being victorious. And as part of their celebration, the smaller force identified to each other that God had indeed helped them that day. And they didn't want to forget about it. So they began by thanking God for, for making them, um, helping them to be successful. And they, uh, they began to clear out the junk that they had picked up along the way that had uh, distracted them from focusing their attention on a quality relationship with God. They began fixing up their relationships, asking each other for forgiveness about how they had treated them. And they also told God, we're, we're sorry. They thanked him for his help, and then they, they apologized for disobeying him, and in doing so, breaking the relationship. It was a pretty emotional day. It was a day that reset their path, the path forward as a nation. And they didn't want to just forget about that. So their leader, Samuel, who was a prophet, but he also led the people of Israel. He prepared a special stone, and he set it up on a hill. And there was a marker. It was, it was a reminder that could be seen from a long way off. Here's the verse. Then Samuel took a stone, and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, when you take the word for that stone, and you transliterate it, which is just a fancy way of saying you move it from one language into another language, the name for that stone of remembrance is Ebenezer, which means stone of help. Scrooge is a stone of help for us. He's an Ebenezer. Scrooge, the Ebenezer, and not just Ebenezer Scrooge. He reminds us that we can change. He reminds us that we can repent. 
And repent means just to, to, to turn away from, right? To do, a, to do a 180. And he reminds us about the power and the beauty uh, of relationships and how they can add depth and, and color to our bland lives. Compassion, kindness, mercy, grace, generosity, all of these things were to be celebrated as Christmas, the Mass for Christ, the Christ Mass. And we are called to live in these ways all the time, but particularly in this season, in this Christmas season, we live like that to reflect and honor the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived and displayed the path to a better life, a better life filled with better relationships with the people around us and a possible relationship with our Heavenly Father. So when we celebrate Christmas and we speak of the Christmas season and the real meaning of Christmas, we get to behavioral changes pretty quickly. And we all want better relationships. The better, uh, that better life and those better relationships were modeled to us by Jesus, whom we celebrate at Christmas. And he is the reason that those ideals and ideas are celebrated. So he really is, in a number of ways, the reason for the season. Tonight, you, you can make this moment a marker, a day of repentance, a day of remembrance. Today can be a stone of help for you. Don't let more time slide by. Set things straight. Get rid of the junk that slows you down and distracts you from a healthy relationship with God or healthy relationship with your friends and family. Begin to ask others to forgive you for the ways that you have treated them when you thought they're not really intrinsically valuable. Forgive those who have messed up in front of you and ask God to forgive you and let today be the start of a whole new Scrooge, a whole new you. Here's a gift for you. It's an Ebenezer. It's a reminder. There is hope. There is a way forward. You can change and you can be changed. You can allow yourself to be reminded to focus on growing healthy relationships with each other and with your Heavenly Father. There is so much more waiting for you. So much more. Celebrate the lives of those you have been given. Celebrate them today. Celebrate them tomorrow. Celebrate your life well also. And say, eyes up. Eyes up on Jesus, who is the light of the world. He is the light in a dark and lonely place. He is the light that we share. So take the light from the Christ candle and share it. Share the light of Jesus with each other. There is no darkness dark enough to put out the light of the world. You carry the light right now figuratively. You can also carry it actually as you leave and as you go. And we'd encourage you to do that, to share that kindness, generosity, mercy, grace, love with your family, with your friends. Make sure it's not something you keep to yourself. When Jesus was on earth, he made sure to tell his followers that uh, 
His peace He would leave with us. His peace He would give to us. And that He doesn't give as the world gives. And because of His peace, in the midst of whatever it is we are in, we don't need to let our hearts be troubled. And we don't need to be afraid. Be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated.